From Wall Street to Main Street, there are stories to be told. Where knowledge learned on the street is as powerful as knowledge learned on the streets. This is the Financial Recon Podcast, where we introduce you to the people, places, and things that have helped shape our environment and will help shape yours. Welcome to the conversation. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Molitaris, and thanks for listening to the Financial Recon Podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to touch on something I'm living through right now, youth sports. And as anyone who's been around kids knows, extracurricular activities can add up fast. Camps, equipment, supplies, the list goes on and on. It's easy to go crazy on this stuff. But the reality is this. Kids sports is a business, big business. And if you want it, you can surely find it. But in the midst of all this, it's easy to lose sight of what's most important. Kids getting outside and having fun. On this episode of Financial Recon, I'm joined by Nick Bonacore of the Reform Sports Project, where we discuss how his project came about and how he is working to change parents' mindsets when it comes to youth athletics. Let's join the conversation. All right, Nick, take two. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for joining us again. And uh, I'm, I'm really stoked to have you on the podcast and talk about your uh, passion project here, the Reform Sports Project. So thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, Mike, thank you for having me, man. Take two is right. This is all, <laughs> hey, but hey, I love it, man. We're, we're, we're adapting. We're adapting. This is great. We're pivoting. Well, well, you know, youth sports and other things have taught resiliency, and that's something that I think a lot of kids, you know, these days miss out on. I just want to start off with, like, how did you – decide to come up with the reform sports project all right the reason i start so let's start with the word reform okay so initially as a parent as a former athlete um you know i don't have the best resume i was a four-year college athlete i played one year of professional baseball in europe so uh, i realized i wasn't making it to the show and said that's i gotta make some money to pay back these student loans um so anyway i uh i i coaching my kids i have six kids you know, coaching them, playing sports and all that. I um, I saw some things in the culture of youth sports I didn't like. Mainly I saw them because I was part of the problem for a little bit of time. And that's where the name Reformed came in. Um, reformed in that I needed to change myself. Uh, change myself and my approach was at, you know, I, definitely not to the extent that you see, but uh, in, in an un, in, to the extent that you see some of these videos where parents are acting like absolute savages, I wasn't like that. But it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to be like that to be an issue. And I wasn't like that. But you know what? I knew I was a problem because it was all about me. It was all about me when I was driving up to the ballpark and my kids are playing in a 9U game. And I'm like, I'm the best coach in this league. Like, oh, my God. I'm like feeling myself going to my kids 9U game. I'm like, dude, what is it? You know, so there was a looking back on it. It's funny, but I think it's easy to get caught up you know, cause I'm competitive, you know, and you start living through your kids a little bit, right. You start living through them. And I, from my experience, I'm glad, fortunately I was able to catch it early. And what I realized is it's not a unique circumstance, man. A lot of people go through it and, and they're not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a dad that's overzealous or whatever, but it can create a very unhealthy, um, circumstance for the kids. And, uh, 
you know, once it was exposed to me, it was like one of those aha moments. Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And then I started paying attention to like, kids are walking around these fields with like $1,300 of equipment on their back and we're, and, and going to monogram backpacks and, and we're nine (laughs) years old and I'm going like, dude, like, and they're playing on three teams going from a rec game to a travel practice, to a middle school practice. I'm going, you know, I'm like, what in the hell is going on? It was almost like one of these things that's once the light went off, I could not unsee it. Or once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And then it just kind of, it it tapped into this real passion I didn't know existed where I I give credit to sports being the reason I have a college degree. I have my wife. I was able You talk about resiliency. I was able to, you know, go through and I have a financial services background. I'm I'm out of that business now. I was in it for 17 years, but you know, a lot of the reasons I was able to go into certain lines of work and not be afraid were from my experiences as an athlete. And I feel like that in itself has been lost because of this culture that's been created, right? It's not, it's right. all about, it's all about the monetization and yada, yada, yada. So don't get me started. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up here, but I, I saw, I couldn't unsee and I got pissed off. Well, I'm glad you did because your, your Twitter feed and it's at reform sports project. If folks are uh, looking, you got to follow along. It's just some awesome content on there. And I mean, I understand what you're saying because I go through this struggle with my own kid, you know, like I've mentioned, and it's really eye opening because like I've shared with you, we live right next to USA baseball and see these families roll in with kids at eight, nine, 10 years old, and they're having a clock their 60 time or 40 time or whatever the heck they do. They're traveling together in the, you know, like these uh, buses, like, you know, tour buses. You, you think like, what the heck is going on? And, and the parents are worse than the kids to be completely honest when they come out here, in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to uh, disagree with you though. <laughs> it's, not, it's, all, not all, not all, like, I can't say it, like not all of them, but, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But we all know it's follow the money, right? Like these, a lot of this stuff is set for the the, the money grab. The, you know, the the grab the par- Would you say the parents' hopes and dreams that they're parlaying on the kids? I think it's the egos, man. I think it's that's what the I'm egos. saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the egos. I think it's a look at my kid. It's look at you know, look at you know, look at the me. Look at my. Co- I think it's no different. And again, my wife was a division one scholarship soccer player. You know, I was a D three player. Um, I didn't have very good grades and I wasn't probably big and strong enough to go to any of those schools at that time anyway. But um, we both, and the point is, is like, it's very easy to get wrapped up in that. It's very easy to almost look at your kids. Like you look at a car, like, Oh, I got a Toyota, but look at so-and-so's got a Lexus. So look at, so it's no different. But, it, than- but yeah, it's just like in money, right? Like keeping up with the Joneses. Hundred percent. My kids on this team. Your kids on this team. Well, this team costs five grand. My costs two. Yeah, man. And and it's flexing your mouth. Yeah, exactly that. I think yeah. it's exactly. That. But I don't want to say all parents have that intent. And it's it's also no. Yeah, yeah. No blanket statement. Just you know. But you, you unfortunately see a lot of it, right? Like I mean, you, you do. But it's also set up for that, man. This is you know. You're a business person. I am too. Yeah. And I will say. This and this this really is a phenomenal 
like I said, I just interviewed a dude and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm a halfway decent sales and man, it's, it's tough at times. I mean, I can sell to this urgency. Like I can, you talk about urgency, like give me a parent who wants to see their kids, hopes and dreams lift them. And I'll sell them on playing year round one sport. Mm -hmm. I'll sell them on being on two teams. I'll sell them on getting private lessons. I'll sell them on moving to and holding your kid back. Why? So they can go to whatever school. I mean, that to me, you're preying on a parents. And this is what pisses me off in the beginning. I'm part of my language, but I'm going to say that. Oh, no. Yeah. I love the authenticity, man. That's what what makes your your mission that go that much further. So we're, we're fans of authenticity here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think at times it pray, and, and I'm going to give credit to Dr. Tommy John, who yes, is the son of Tommy John, the Tommy okay. John, Dr. Tommy John, you can find him on Instagram. And so, but he said, and Twitter and all that, but he said, you know, Nick, you know, there's nothing. He said this to me in an interview and I'm not going to quote a word for word, but it's similar. He said, Nick, there's nothing easier or nothing, nothing easier than selling to a scared parent. And that is what you're creating. Imagine going to sell Generax right before a a hurricane, right? We live in North Carolina, easiest sale in the world. Well, tell a parent that their kid might have a gift and that, oh, you got to invest in this. The the parents don't want to let them down. We see it, man. And same thing in finance, right? Like people are selling, they sell the fear. The fear of missing out, man. And that's that's the game, man. It's the game. You know, that's what I love. Like, uh, you know, I, I printed this quote because... Um, this is just, this tells so much. This is from Nick's feed. There's not a coach in the country that will cross you off the recruiting list for being a great teammate who has the passion and enthusiasm and loves to compete, bring it every day and great things will happen. You don't see that focused all the time anymore. I, th- I think it's really kind of muddled, a muddled uh, opportunity. You're going to get me fired up here. Well, the, here, <laughs> So, so I've interviewed, I mean, and this is part of what this is, I've interviewed over 400 people. And I, mm-hmm. I, 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 the spectrum of that is, you know, Chipper Jones, right, is probably the biggest individual athlete name on the uh, baseball You know, field. I'm a Mets fan. You're going to kill yeah. me with this, right? But I'm, I'm trying to give you a perspective. <laughs> you know, so I, I spoke to Chipper and then I speak to a high school coach, right? You know, right. just and everything in between. Tim Corbin down to, um, you know, uh, uh, uh Brian Brewer is the head coach of Marietta uh, uh, baseball. So D1 to D3, swimming, lacrosse, man, everything in between, female, male. And and what I what every coach, let's just keep it at college coaches. Sure. If there's one commonality that is exactly that, that no coaches will be pissed off. They all want competitive kids. It doesn't mean winning all the time. It means the willingness to compete. It means don't take my ball and go home. It means let's not start our own travel team because I'm not starting shortstop at eight. It means let's let our kids fail. When I'm down 19 to one, I'm still hustling and giving everything and no And not easy. And not easy because the catch 22 there that I get all the time is, well, if my kid doesn't get seen, you know, if they don't on the field, they're not going to get seen. And college coaches are offering kids that are 13 now. And I'm like, dude, they offer like six in the state. Maybe if you're <laughs> if you're in like North Carolina and you're the best player in the state, maybe you get an offer when you're in eighth grade. But like people hear this on social media and then they think like their 10 year old is automatically go. Do you know how I just want to say this to people, man. I'm going to give you a little context. I'm going off topic here a little but Not really. Yeah. It all ties in. Do people understand how good you got to be to play in the ACC or the SEC? Like like. I, I, so 
I was on a Division Three team, North Carolina Wesleyan. We won the national championship in 1999. We went to two World Series, three regionals. We were the best team in the country. You know, one of the best teams in the program, programs in the country. I was fortunate, me and two, three of my teammates, to get invited to play uh, two summers in one in the Coastal Plain League and one in the New England College Baseball League. For to give you context for people who aren't familiar with that, the Cape Cod League, if you if is the number one league in the right. country, the Alaska League, what used to be one. There's a few others now, but Coastal playing in the New England League are, are top five, top ten leagues in right. the country. They're riddled with kids from the SEC, ACC, the CAA, you know, Conference USA, whatever the case is. We were three or four of the only D3 players in the league at the time. Again, this is 98, 99, and 2000. Where am I going with this? The t- two of our pitchers, one in particular, Buddy Hernandez, um, ended up getting picked up out of the Coastal Plain League and went to AAA, was on the 40-man for three years with the Braves. Um, was a phenom, was on our staff. We all started, we all played, we all, our team in, played for the Wilmington Sharks in 99, won the Coastal Plain League Championship. Our pitchers were from North Carolina, Wesley, were our aces. On our team, guys from Clemson, guys from South Carolina, guys from Georgia, guys from Mississippi State. We played right with them. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a difference in size and stature? Of course there is. But we competed. My whole point and content reason I'm bringing this up is, dude, we were good. Mm-hmm. Maybe two or three of our best players can go to those type programs and compete to play. You right. know, make make the. But to go to those programs and start, you have to be so good. I'm not saying kids shouldn't strive for it. Those guys are young. Those guys are grown ass men, man. Those are those are perennial. And some of the kids that go play at Carolina, use that program as an example. Right, they right, never right. Sm- they never smell the field. They never play. And those kids could easily go to a D2 or a mid-major or my type program at North Carolina was it, and start and be all Americans and, and, and have great mm-hmm. careers. My point is parents and kids like strive for the best, but realize there's physical God-given gifts that are given to athletes that play at that level that cannot be taught. And that is strength, you know, size. God gives people certain bodies that doesn't mean you can't have a great experience, but God, not everyone can play in those levels is my well, point. I, you and, know, I'm actually, okay. I, I don't know if you ever heard of it. I went to, uh, or uh, I'm an alumni of Bellevue university in Nebraska Yeah, 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 dude. and Bellevue, you know, people never, people out there, unless you're a diehard baseball fan, you're never going to hear of it, but like, they're, a, they're an awesome baseball program. I mean, they've won a bunch of stuff and I never knew that till I went there. What you're saying is this something I always point out to my son is like, I go, Hey, look at Jacob DeGrom. Most people don't know his background. He went to Stetson. He, he was went a position to, player. Yeah. He was a shortstop. And you know, you know how the Mets ended up making him a pitcher it was Davey Johnson was like, Hey, this kid should stay a pitcher. Like he was like, you shouldn't be a shortstop. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's stuff like that, like, and that's what I love about is him in particular and his story being a Mets fan. And also, um, is that he came out of a school that I could say to my kid, "Look, anything's possible." Absolutely, you know? and, and I think that to your point and like what you talk about on Twitter a lot and so forth is just hey, you got you know have an a shot is better than no shot, and like you know don't cut your uh, chances just because you're going to be stubborn and say, Oh, I want to go to UNC or state or Duke or whatever. And Dude, actually, so, so 
Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. I was just going to say one of my clients, we were just having their son is a very good baseball player. And he just got this talk too from someone in uh, Virginia. And they said, listen, you don't need to be at every one of these things or this or that or whatever. All you need to do, if you want to play uh, at Virginia Tech or whatever, or whatever school in Virginia, just go to the local school or go to those schools for their elite camps or whatever, put yourself on the radar and that's it. And I thought this guy's grounded. Like he gets it, you know, like you don't have to do the $9,000 of travel ball tournaments every year. You do, you don't. And, 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 you know, I'll tell you that I, I played to circle back on this and then I'll kind of get into what you're yeah. talking about is I played with, you know, part of the, I played with, on that Coastal Plain League Wilmington Sharks championship team in 99, there was the all-ACC shortstop, Tim Levine. Um, he ended up oh, getting yeah. drafted. Tim yeah, Levine, went he, uh, he ended up going to AAA with the Mets. He was a pitcher. He was a closer. I caught him. He threw a really – he was really good, obviously. He almost got to the big leagues. Um, Michael Johnson, who batted in the four-hole for Clemson, went to the two Omaha uh, College World Series, is in the top ten. You know, and, and the funny thing is when I say I, like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I shared this with you, Nick, but I actually lived in Omaha. So I was at the College World Series from like oh. 99 through 2004 regularly. It's freaking <laughs> so, awesome, dude. I so like, yeah, I mean, these names, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, I remember him. I remember him. <laughs> so, these guys, these guys were so but the point is those guys were on my teams. I go to the NECBL yeah. and and. Same thing, all the guys from different schools. I, out of all the players I played with in those summer leagues, I played with two guys. I'm on teammates. I played against Dallas McPherson, who went to the big leagues. I, I played against Kevin Euclid, um, and several other big leaguers. Of money two, ball fame. Yeah. So, but I, I had two teammates that became big leaguers. Um, you know what schools they both came from? One of them came from uh, Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, a Division three school. Name right. is Jonah Jonah Bayless. I caught him. The other was uh, uh, from Wheaton College in Massachusetts. Chris Denorfia. Wheaton College is another Division three school. So the only two guys I played with out of I can name all Americans in college is Power Fives. The only two big leaguers I ever played with as teammates were both from Division three schools. Um, wow. It's it's so they come from everywhere. Um, and now I will say this, you know. I'm a big advocate of the late bloomer, probably because I consider myself one. But I think it's important because in this day and age, the, the the rush to the head start. And a lot of parents get afraid. My kid's so much smaller. They're so much smaller. It's like, dude. So I try to talk. Billy Wagner, right? He's, yeah. He should, should be a Hall of Famer. The guy went to Ferrum. He played in my college. He was a D3 guy throwing 99. You know, <laughs> uh, so how scary is that? You go play at a Division three school and you're, oh, we're just going to go play it perennial hall of famer one of the greatest closers of all time and throwing a hundred um but my you're exactly right and and parents it's it's easy to forget that kids develop man and mm-hmm. and absolutely are, and, and and when you keep those things and i don't think we can preach that enough i think it's important because we all get caught up as parents with excitement and we're trying to keep up with the joneses we don't want our kids to miss out and just realize everyone develops differently Everyone develops at a different time. I, I don't remember if I, you know, I, because like I said, I, I get so much off your uh, your thread on Twitter. Um, I don't remember if you posted this or somebody else did about the, uh, they said, that, you know, their kid broke their arm for the summer. That was Billy, I think it was Billy Wagner. Was it? He broke his, yeah. his kid, broke his arm for the summer. He spent the summer riding his bike, hanging out with his friends and oh, going to the pool. Mind. And, uh, 
he said that that was my son's greatest summer. Like, and, and that's what I think we, we failed to realize. And everything you've told me is like stuff I've heard from people who are at triple a, um, they scouts who have, you know, been influential in picking some of the top draft picks. It's like specialization too early is ridiculous. Like you need to let them go out, play basketball, play baseball. And is that something you've seen? Like, you know, we've talked about like Tim Corbin's the head coach at Vanderbilt. Um, uh, I forgot the head coach at UNC off because I remember Mike Fox. Scott, being there. It's, it's Scott Forbes now. Yes, friend, yeah. Thank you. He was the pitching coach, I believe. Right. And he got promoted. He was, yeah. He, for for a person time, he was the associate head coach for a long time. But yeah, he's the head coach now. So, so like, what's, the, would you say the common theme amongst, you know, because those are some really big programs. The, the common theme is that specialization is overrated right now. So every college coach I've spoken with, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter the sport. Every single one, with the exception, of, I shouldn't say with the exception, everyone said they love kids that play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. But it's harder and harder to find these days. Oftentimes, it's not the kid's fault. Um, the kids are, are being pulled in a million directions. You know, right. they're being their time. And, and the first podcast that I'm releasing on the Reform Sports Project podcast is Tim Corbin. It's coming out here soon. Should be this month, hopefully. Um, Vanderbilt, he literally says, and you can pull the audio clips I've posted from the interview on my on, on the Twitter feed. They literally, as a program, their goal is to find kids that are multi-sport athletes. Now, you can flip that any way you want. Some people, and I, I, I never even thought of this until I, I seen, some people will spin that and say, well, only the great athletes play multiple sports. If my kid's not a great athlete, they have to be focused more in one. And I sit here and go, that's horseshit, because I believe you become a great athlete by becoming more athletic. And that's mm-hmm. not horseshit. That is factual by doctors and, 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 and every sports coach and physical developer says, well, you, you want to be more well-rounded. You want to be able to move your body with more agility. Now, as you now, I also believe there's a major difference between high school age kids and younger. So I think the key is early sports specialization. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of kids playing multiple sports as long as you can. But I am also one of those that believes, and I, I'm not on an island here, but I believe there is a difference between age groups. I think that if a kid wants to get to high school, if a, when I got to high, high school, I, something went off. It was like, dude, I want to I compete. I played football still but I never felt the same way towards football as I did toward baseball. Baseball just felt different for me. That was my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's, so I will tell you, I grew up in new England, so I couldn't do it. But if it was baseball year round, by the time I got to high school, I can't tell you, I wouldn't have done. It. I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I didn't, but I think when you're going to high school and you're trying to go to the next level and playing college, I don't think there's anything wrong with having intent. Now I think it's important. I think that the, the Dr. Uh, the hell's well, Mike Reinold, who um, I interviewed as well, Mike Reinold, who's, you know, he's one of the best at his PTs and, and he worked in the MLB for a long time. Overuse is the issue. So people years ago used to tie sports specialization automatically with Tommy John. Well, you can specialize in a sport theoretically and still do very balanced, well 
structured athletic movements that keep your body balanced. But mm-hmm. so overuse is different. Over you can you can get overused by being a multi-sport athlete. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Mike Reinhold says overuse is the problem. It's not necessarily sports specialization. The one thread that comes up out of every college coach that is unique that they consider to be on the circle back, the kind of um what do they call it? The secret sauce that college coaches look for. They notice, and this is gets told to me over and over and over again, multi-sport athletes compete a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. They have a competitive fight in them, especially the football baseball combo. I hear it all the time, but there's something Tracy Smith, who uh, he just, you know, he's no longer the coach at Arizona state. He just lost his job. Could not be a cooler duty has helped me so much with content and talking about it. He gave me a great quote and I'm going to shut up here and let you go is he goes, Nick, I would rather, now this is the ACC, right? This is the PAC 12. Right. And he's had a lot of success. I don't care that he just lost his job. He's on a many regionals. He's going to get another one. and be just fine. But he said, Nick, I'd rather have a kid that's coming to Arizona state be standing in the wintertime on a free throw line, shooting a one and one late in the game for his high school team with the game on the line than sitting in a batting cage taking swings because that moment is going to help him in the baseball you know, realm. So that competitiveness that comes with being a multi-sport athlete, I find is great, but you can't. So make a long story short, when you get to high school, there could come a point where a kid needs to make a decision. Right. And, Understandable. Yeah. And when you're younger, play everything and develop your body. But like, that's, that's a great point. Like, you know, we're all pro- like, you know, Warren Buffett talks about it. Uh, you know, that's something I've drilled home on this podcast is how, and that's honestly the principal um, basis of this podcast is, you know, we're all products of our environment, right? So, you know, through that free uh, kids shooting the free throw, translating that to baseball or even to life, like those, those multi-situational things are what makes them that much better. And well, look at look at the book Range by David Epstein. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've read that. I spoke, I mean, he talks about versatility, man. That's it, it's it's. I didn't know. I graduated college with a history degree. Why? Because I thought when I was 17, I, first of all, I wanted to be a big leaguer, and I was like, well, worst case scenario, I'll just go be a gym teacher. You know, like that's what every jock wants to do, or you know, <laughs> I'll just go coach and teach gym, whatever. Well, then I realized, like, no, I want to compete at something. So I got introduced to sales, and then I was working at Stanford, Connecticut, and I saw a dude like older than a few years older than me driving a car. I was like, what the, how did he get that? Well, it turns out he was a trader. And the next thing you know, I'm in finance. And I'm it wasn't like, the Wolf of Wall Street. Was it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds just like straight out of that movie. Man. No, 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 definitely not. But no, it was, um, it was no, but it was open my eyes, right? It's experiences right. bring you down this path. And I, and I credit my sports experience, the diversity, and failing and all those things was giving me the confidence to be able to step into those things and try it. And now here I am 42 years old and I'm in another line of work. And that truthfully, one of the biggest fears I had was posting on social media, putting myself out there. And I, I swear to you, if it weren't for you know my sports experience, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do so. So you make a great point there. Yeah, no, nah, man. I mean, like it leads me into, and again, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm blanking if I, Got this off your feed, but, but it sounds exactly like I did. Um, the story about the kid letting his mom carry his bag. Did you oh, hear yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that, that to me was 
the essence. And what what the story was was th- that there was like a, a tryout, and the kid shows up, and they have to walk down a long flight of stairs or up a long flight of stairs, and the mom is carrying the kid's bag. And th- how old was this kid? Like I know, the the post the post it was from I believe a handle baseball you or something like that. Yeah. I forget. But I think it was like a 13, 14 year old kid or something like that. The story, the story yeah. is told like that. Yeah, and and the kid carries, has his mom carrying his bag, and the coach. By the time they get to the sign up table, the coach is like, "No, you're done," because I've seen I enough already. Too. And and those intangibles, like what you focus on with the the Reform Sports Project, I, I feel like as a parent, like it's for me, it's a grounding source because I trust me, I I've fallen into the same pitfalls you do and i struggle with it constantly you know like i want i walk the line because i'm competitive and like i was just having this, this discussion with my wife like my daughter is like me like she'll be out there if it's 10 to 1 she will go down in a blaze of glory she's not gonna lose she hates to lose and our oldest is got a more relaxed demeanor and you know like and but the the trigger is come where I've got to see like we got to see it this year. He came home and he was all pissed off, and I'm like, man, what's the matter? And he's like, we lost. Yeah, and I'm like cool, like that's coming from him, and you can see the fire starting to stoke, and like so, I I, I mean I appreciate so much of what you're doing and the scene, like Tim Corbin you mentioned, and all these other great professionals who do this on a day-to-day basis say you know you're not crazy if you're not spending 10 20 thousand dollars a year to send your kid to every travel team is such a refreshing breath of fresh air and i shouldn't say just say travel team just in general you know the, the because look at what's a img academy i mean yeah I, I, img img academy yeah I looked that up one time. What was eighty thousand dollars to go there to play a sport? Like, yeah, but guess what? If you're good enough, they scholarship you. So I mean, they'll pay they'll pay for you to go there. So mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And and truth is, man, you know, at the end of the day, dude, I believe this. You know, people will argue; it's amazing to me. But you know, I can only base it off my own experience, and I know that my experience is unique to me. I can't. you know, blanket statements, whatever, you know, people say, Oh, I don't make a blanket statement, dude, whatever, man. If people take what I say the wrong way, I'm sorry. You feel that way. Like I'm not trying to call it out, but at the end of the day, dude, I, I firmly believe this. If your kid or my kid are good, they're going to get, I, they're going to get found, dude. They're yeah, going to get absolutely. Found. Absolutely. People, kids were getting found. I was in Connecticut. Just bro. Follow, I'd say follow baseball America's feed. Like they, they have some great, like they have kids, in the middle of nowhere that they're sitting there showing the scouts lined up. Dude, like, dude I got found by a North Carolina school and I was in an inner city in Connecticut in 1997. And I, you know, I wasn't even that good. And you know, you mean to tell me today, like, so the point is, but it's easy. The whole point is it's easy to sell people that the fear of missing out. So, I mean, listen, there are a lot of good people out there helping kids. There oh, are yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, dude, there's a honestly, bro. There's a lot of half-assed salesmen out there too, man. That's right. Hey, I mean, listen, really- my we transitioned my son. My son played in South Durham Little League here, and I'll tell you, his two coaches the last two years, fantastic. 
I mean, yeah. they, they, my wife and I cannot say enough good things about them. They, awesome. they, you know, they held the kids accountable, which is so firm, important, which but is fair, important. you know, yeah. and that's, and that's all we were looking for. And I say, like, I don't care if whatever, I, I didn't say boo to them. In fact, I've actually said, you know, you guys do a great job. Like, you know, um, that's what's so like, I look at that and I'm like, oh man, this is so great for, because now my son is, um, well, I should say our son <laughs> is just getting like, it's not just about the game. It's about the lessons that like we've talked about, like, you know, the resiliency that comes out of it and so forth. And the stuff that you can translate into your future career, because like, you know, like you said, like football and baseball, that marriage of what athletes, like all, all this stuff eventually down the line translates. And that's why like for parents like myself and yourself, and we're all, you know, we all come to that road and it's like, Hey, do we spend money invest in this? And I, I, I do believe in youth athletics is an investment in bigger life skills personally. I do too. And I think it's important when you have that perspective. I, I, I don't think it's, I think that perspective is so healthy because I, I like my kids are wrestlers now because I thought wrestling was a great platform for them to learn about life. And, yeah. you know, one of my kids, I think will be a college athlete. The other, I don't, my other doesn't think he does not have a passion about it, but he wants to be like, he wants to go to Duke or Carolina or Auburn or big school and be like the team manager and like be an intramural athlete. I'm like, dude, freaking awesome, man. Like, like youth sports. And my other wants to wrestle maybe at at a D two school, whatever the kid doesn't matter. Dude, I have two or I have two text threads that are so much fun. One is all my, my team, a few of my teammates from North Carolina Wesleyan, and we engage constantly. And the other is like five of my buddies from high school. You know, we want, I want to fortunate to win a national championship in college and and high school, won a state championship. And, Dude, we talk to each other like we're still little kids and, you know, some locker room funny bantering and stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, those teammates, those friends, those relationships are the gold, man. They stay with you for life. And it doesn't matter if you won or lost. It's it's being in the fight. It's going through those experiences. It's getting to know people on an intimate level. Um, you know, staying in that fight, you know, you have that camaraderie. Those are the things that are the true gold, you know the workouts, all that stuff. We remember the wins and losses, you know, as athletes, but, but you also remember the bus rides. You remember the hotel rooms. You remember, you know, your buddy standing there talking to a girl and or or whatever. And you, your other buddy laid down behind them and you push him over, right? You know, you push (laughs) or, or, you know, you, 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 you pants them or something stupid. You, and you laugh about that stuff, all those things that kids do, um, get missed out on when parents are over interfering and trying to create a college or professional sports environment with a 15 year old. And and I think it's important as parents to realize their kids, they need, they're going to be kids at some point. Why not have them live like kids when they are kids rather than take it away from them and act like kids when they're fucking 30 years old, part of my language. Well, my, my, my daughter, you know, her soccer coach, he said she, he played for or she played for him for two years. And uh, every year he started off and said, if the girls have a problem, have them come talk to me first. And I was like, I love that. And I was and I told like she had an issue and I said, go up and tell her like 
just go up and say, this is how you address it. And she learned a great life lesson. And whereas my son, you know, he was hesitant. He, you know, he didn't want to be perceived as a, uh, and this was in baseball. He didn't want to be perceived as a, um, like, like disruptive or whatever. And I said, just go up to your coach and says, because you've been doing pitching and pitching and uh, lessons. I said, go up to him and say, Hey, coach, I, I just wanted to tell you, I'm interested in, I would like to uh, try out pitching. Um, you know, I know you said, don't ask to play positions. I just wanted to let you know, I've been working on this and that's it. And it, he'll, he'll know, and then he'll be able to do what he wants to do. Sure. And he was so hesitant and we finally got him off the thing and he did it. And the coach comes back and makes him a pitcher. And uh, like uh, for a couple games. And I said, what did you like that? I felt like this year, that was such a great lesson for him in particular to learn. And my daughter too, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get them out of their comfort zone because like, you're going to have that conversation with an employee at some point sure. or yeah, something, yeah. right? Like that's translates whatever. Down. Yeah. And, and I'll just, you know, I appreciate your time and I'm just going to end it with this story. I don't know if you ever, I ever shared this with you, but um, there's, I'm not for the the sake of the innocent. I won't share their names or teams, but uh, there's a, a parent of a a minor leaguer who um, I've got to know, and he shared this story with me about you know when his kid was coming up. His and, and I mean this person's still in the uh, still in the uh, minors right now. And he said, you know, when he was coming up, he didn't want to play for the best team that everybody played for. He wanted to play for the team that he wanted to beat that best team every time. And I was like that. That was so awesome. And, (laughs) you know, that competitive fire and everything is just, you know, it's great. But I, I appreciate the fact that, you start, you, you follow this passion and that you've shared your experience of what you um, recognized and the fact that you, you know, started the, the Twitter thread that I stumbled upon and uh, it's been fantastic. And the podcast, I can't wait to listen to. I'm sure it's going to be equally as good. And again, that's going to be the reform sports uh, project podcast. It sure is. It's launching. Uh, it, hopefully the, there's three that are done. Uh, mentioned to you before, Tim Corbin, Vanderbilt head coach, Frank Martin, uh, South Carolina men's basketball coach, and Bob Bowman, who's Michael Phelps's longtime coach during all of his Olympic you know, medal. Oh, runs. you must know, like, we have a large audience in Maryland for Michael Phelps. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, Bob Bowman's originally from, uh, from Maryland. Now he's the head swim coach at Arizona State. But uh, yeah, man, we have, uh, and I've got like 400 other interviews already done lock stock ready to rock and roll so uh it'll be an announcement here soon uh, i partnered with octagon octagon sports agency and and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna hopefully you know we're gonna the plan is to uh to develop a platform that is uh, all encompassing for parents kids and everyone to come to to uh basically find out information firsthand uh from those that have lived it at the highest lowest levels and uh you know to be a platform where you can get some experience that's, and perspective that's awesome man well thanks a lot for joining us i really appreciate your time mike i love what you're doing i'm flattered and humbled that you thought of me to come on man. i really appreciate you bro uh, no problem thanks thanks for joining us today to continue the conversation visit us at our blog financial-recon.com 
Appearances do not constitute endorsement of flagship wealth management group, LPL Financial, or any other entity discussed in this program. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor. Nick Bonacore and the Reform Sports Project are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Flagship Wealth Management Group.